What is going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 108 of the Foundation First Fitness Show with Bob Cohen. Today, we are continuing on our seven things every athlete should be doing. I know it's been a while. I've, I've had some like health issues, lost my voice, blah, 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 so much of other stuff. Um, back at it again um, and ready to go. So today, we are going to be talking about phases, structuring phases, understanding where you are in your workout cycle and why that's important for athletes and why you should be considering that as well, even if you're not an athlete, why it still is important. Um, Okay, to give you guys some context, whenever an athlete comes into a season or whenever they want to train for an event, what usually happens is they create something or the trainer or the strength coach usually will create them something called a periodization program. So uh, periodization means essentially organizing and structuring your workouts so that they flow in the right sense and build on each other. So the workouts are scheduled to build up on each other, whether it be um, moving from you know, a certain phase of the workout you're working on muscle gain or you're working on strength or you're working on speed and allow you to get from before or the first day of your off season right to the day of competition and all the in-betweens of it, all the structuring and all the development and all the progress in between. That's what a periodization plan is. That can actually um, entail quite a few things. Now, it does entail week uh, month-to-month breakdowns, phasic breakdowns, depending on how long your off-season is. For some sports, like an off-season is a little bit longer than others, you know. So in the NFL, a football season is going to last you from about August till at latest early February, where uh, a hockey season is going to be from about September till all the way in June. Um, so... The seasons vary because of that. The off seasons vary. And so the structuring of the workout and the length of each phase is going to be different as well. Now, this goes all the way down to a week-by-week basis. As the weeks go on, the volume can change. The intensity can change. Um, the number of workouts we'll do in that week changes. Sometimes the focus of that will change. And even within the workout-to-workout within that week, that'll change as well. And the phase will be different in that as well. Uh, so those are things to consider. But what about your progression through the years? That's something I think athletes um, neglect to look at as much as possible. Um, a lot of athletes will look at what has been done and they'll look at their workouts and they'll just go from year to year repeating the same process uh, from the time they're 13 to the time that they're 25 and 30 and 35. They'll be doing very similar style of workouts and their entire off season will have been exactly the same. Now, the problem with that is two things. Number one, you're going to get bored, okay? It's it's 20 years of doing the exact same workout is quite boring and the same style of workout is quite boring. Uh, that's number one. Number two, which is usually the bigger problem for a lot of young athletes. This is very common in young athletes, but I'll get into the older athletes as well. The complication is you see, you end up seeing what athletes are doing and you try to replicate what they're doing. 
But the athlete that you're looking at, that professional athlete that you're looking at, or the veteran in the sport that you're looking at, is far, far further ahead of you in the development phase. They've already acquired, for the most part, the foundation, the fundamentals that they need to perform at the level they're playing at and perform the exercises that they're performing within their workouts. Um, And at the same time, they're focusing on the things that are also usually more important to them and what is going to allow them to progress. It's It comes down to my statement of what is the most important part of that house building process when you haven't built the foundation yet. It'll be building the foundation because you can focus on building the walls, you can focus on the paint color, but you haven't gotten there. And spending a week and a half, two weeks on figuring out the paint color when you haven't even had the foundation poured yet is essentially useless and just a waste of time. Yes, it is important. Yes, the paint color is super important. We all know that. But in that moment, it is not important. And that's what happens to a lot of athletes. Whether you are young or you are new to the sport, uh, you should be focusing on what that particular time requires for you to be able to progress. So what I would tell you to do is number one, look at what look at what athletes are still doing over the years. If you ever you have a chance to talk to a pro athlete, ask them what they're still doing, what exercises they've been doing for years, you know, even when they were young, what are, what's something that they've kind of carried with them that they're still doing. That for the most part is usually a good indicator of what you should be doing. So let's say I take a look at uh, a hockey player. Some of them will say, well, I do a lot of mobility stuff, so I stretch a lot. When I was younger, I stretched a lot. I do a lot of these mobility drills. Um, I do I do a lot of cardio drills. Um, I do a lot of uphill runs. Things like that could be really interesting for you. It's things that they've done for so many years that have helped them become the player that they've become. Uh, that's really important to look at. Number two, you need to have a serious talk with yourself about where you are and on what phase you are in and be confident that you're making the right decision and making the right judgment call on where you are in your performance and in where you are in your development phase. So a lot of times, you know, I see this a lot with younger athletes and I keep harping on it because it is something that I see a lot and I try my absolute hardest to really completely remove this from the stuff that I do, uh, which is, you know, work based on a fear mentality that if you keep doing what you're doing, or if you don't do, sorry, if you don't do what you're currently doing, your performance is going to go down. When in reality, a lot of these players haven't really seen a gigantic jump in their performance you know, a lot of it comes from just, you know, you could, it's very easy. You could speak with any strength coach. They'll be able to tell you more or less what strength gains came from, you know, just sheer aging up and development and what strength gain differences would be seen in someone who's, you know, well-trained. It's very obvious to see. You see their power output. You see the difference in them. You see their power drop off. Usually that's the biggest one is you'll see a power drop off, meaning that 
uh, power endurance, which is like your ability to generate power for a long period of time, that will be the first thing to drop off, especially for high power athletes. Um, their ability to repeat that will drop off. So you see guys dying quickly in shifts. Um, there, you just see that it's very easy to notice. And usually that's what I look for for the most part when I, when I look at athletes and when I'm looking at players, I try to see where their fatigue levels are. Um, and that is, it's funny because a lot of people will attribute that to cardio when in reality, cardio is something that you need to maintain the entire season anyway. So whether you train for it during the year and then you just kind of throw it to the side during the season, you're you're never going to be able to maintain the cardio level that you had during the off season. So it really comes down to what you are doing during the season to maintain that level of cardio. That's the most important thing. Um, it's very easy to see the difference between that and power drop-off. Power drop-off is they're just losing battles, um, whether it be on the basketball court, you know, uh, in a game, in a football game, in a hockey game, uh, you see everyone just kind of like getting the, getting the edge upper hand on them, getting an edge on them every single time. Uh, you know, you'll see the difference between well-trained, not well-trained. So having an, having a good idea of where you are and having that honest talk and not being afraid to necessarily take away things that you shouldn't be doing to know that it's going to get better. That's what you really should be focusing on. That's really the tricky part. One of the difficulties I have with dealing with younger players is often trying to get them, trying to sell them on the idea of building a foundation uh, and building good health, clean and healthy movements, you know, because they see things like uh, dead bug and hip bridge and proper hip mobility and proper knee flexion and proper hip flexion and hip extension, um, core control. They see these things as like, oh, just rinky dinky stuff that's useless. It does not going to help you. It's not going to help your performance. Uh, I see Crosby and I see, I see all these players, you know, McDavid making these, you know, Matthews make doing these crazy exercises and are just like explosive on the ice. Maybe I should do more ladder drills. And it really comes down to them just having the ability to actually do those exercises. Like these are well-trained athletes. They're, they have a foundation. They've done the hip mobility. They've done the hip flexion. They've done the all this stuff. They've done the bridging. They've done the core stability. They did it when they were your age. And that's what's allowing them to function at the level they're at right now. Uh, and it's it's funny how many times I see that where I start the beginning of the off season and I'm getting the parents come up to me panicking going like, shouldn't they be jumping? Should they be jumping? Should they be being explosive? Should they be running? Should they be doing ladders? Is that going to help them? Eh, not really, you know, it's, it's funny. Cause I have that, I get that same impression. Just, yeah, not really. And they're all like confused. Like, well, what do you mean? All these players are doing it. Yeah. They're, you know, the guy's also making six to $10 million a year. Um, and he's like, they're either between, they're the ages of like 25 to 35, uh, superstar athletes, you know, that are been in the league and been doing this for, you know, two decades now easily. Um, at the level your kid is. So they're far more ahead of you than, than they're far more ahead of your son than, or your daughter than, than you think they are. Uh, and them doing that is just a waste of their time. That's usually how I really approach it. It's really funny. Cause I'm just like cut and dry. I'm not going to start like negotiating around it. And the reason I don't negotiate around it is because it's, it's completely against my belief system. I'm not going to start peddling garbage to these kids, uh, just as much as I wouldn't start peddling garbage to, anybody who walked in my facility and asked me to train to lose weight, I wouldn't start, you know, 
shoving protein shakes down their throat and fat burners and, and, you know, carbless diets or whatever they're going to do. You'd never know what's going to be working. So you can't just start throwing shit down their throat, assuming that it's going to work the same for everybody. So what I think a lot of athletes need to be focusing on, even as let's take, I'll even go, you know what, for, I'll take a second here and talk about runners. One of the things I see a lot of runners do is, um, look at the number of mileage that professionals are doing and high performance runners are doing and the type of mileage they're doing on a yearly basis and what they're, how they're doing it during, or like on a monthly basis or a weekly basis. And the scary part about all of that is that these people have been developing this ability over, you know, 10, 15 years. They've been, they're, they're, capacity to handle that much stress is so much higher so yeah it'll it'll seem it'll be seemingly viable as an option for the first month and then quickly injuries start piling up and that derails them completely and then they spend half their time going maybe my shoes are wrong maybe my training is wrong maybe my my maybe I need to do more mobility maybe I do and all they really need to do is just drop down the intensity uh increase the rest time you know, increase the frequency of rest days and know that it's going to be a longer process than they expected to get from zero to a hundred. So that's what I would tell you to do. Um, in terms of options of what to think about, number one, I would say structure, more structure in your entire plan, more structure in your workouts during season. If you're a youngster, uh, or if your kids are in sports, have more structure on what they're doing for training. Understand that the off season is the off season, the in season is the in season. And if they're in the off season, you know, there is, it's a great time for them to learn. And when they're in the in season, it's a great time for them to continue using the skills uh, that they developed throughout the summer, uh, throughout the summer and carrying that into their year so that they can maintain that skill set, improve it, a little bit, even if it's just a little bit, improve it just a little bit and get them on the right foot for their next off season where they're going to make their next jump and improvement. Um, and honestly, you know, looking at what you've done as not having worked, I think it's really funny how we are very, you know, humans naturally love sticking to something even though it's never worked. You know, even though it doesn't work, they just keep sticking to it. Um, I, I don't know if this is a perception thing. I'd really be interested in knowing that. I probably should do a little bit more research in the psychology behind sticking to something uh, that doesn't work, hoping that it's going to be a different result every year. Um, but I see it so often. So it's not going to suddenly work, you know, suddenly because you've just done it with more intention. You know, like if the skills, if the, if the strategy and the structure of your workout hasn't been working before, workouts are fairly simple. You know, as a strength coach, it's kind of funny how I look at like workouts and, you know, people see different exercises, but I'm, I look at the exercises and really what I'm looking at is like the, the other metrics, the volume, the, uh, the intensity levels of these workouts, the phases of where they're in. And it's funny how like you look at the majority of exercises from one trainer to another trainer to another trainer. And honestly, the majority of them are all fairly similar. There's not much of a gap. It's really hard to see a gigantic gap in what someone's doing. Um, And yet all of these guys are getting results, you know? So how could any one of them be better than the other? 
you know, just by the type of program that they write. Um, and in reality, it just comes down to the execution of the program and knowing that the person that's executing it is at the right place and at the right phase. And if they are in the right place and in the right phase, then the results are going to show. And if they're not, they won't. Um, and that's just unfortunate, but that's the truth and that's the reality of it. It's, which is why when I see, you know, people tell me that they're doing programs online, they're, they're purchasing these online programs and they're doing them for like, you know, oh yeah, it's great. You get like a 15 minute workout and then there's some yoga in there too. And then there's, there's one for stretching and there's one for cardio and there's one for this. And honestly, it's great. Like it's a great idea. There's nothing wrong with that. I think it's, I think it's a brilliant play on how to get structured workouts. And honestly, like for the most part, like I don't even do my own workouts. Like I literally take my workouts out of a book, but I know what phase I'm in and I know where my experience level is and I know what my capacity is. And I know that, you know, some workouts I could look at them and be like, well, this is not for me. Um, whether it be on either end of that spectrum, whether it be too easy or even too hard. And I'll just be like, that's just not getting done today. You know, like I just can't do that. I'm going to go to something I can do. Um, but a lot of athletes, especially younger athletes, don't have that ability. They don't have that understanding. You know, they're just, they see it. You have to go, you have to go, you have to grind it out and it has to suck. And, and it's not always the case. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of misconception and uh, mis, misinterpretation of what they see their athletes, their favorite athletes doing. Their workouts are, yes, their workouts are tough. Yes, their workouts are hard. They're focused. They're dialed in, but different faces, different faces. It's one of the most important things athletes need to focus on is understand where they are, what phase that they're in and, and understand where they need to be going, where their starting point is. Um, and understanding at each step of the way where they are, you know, it's not just understanding that if you're a beginner, you're always a beginner. Well, no, at some point you're going to be improving, whether it be six months away, a year away, two years away, three years away. Someone who's has more experience training is going to get through that a little bit quicker. Someone who's less trained is going to get through that a little bit longer. Someone who's coming from a much unhealthier starting point is going to have a little bit harder time. It's going to take a little bit longer. It's just an, it's just a reality of it. You know, younger is going to get through it faster than older. Um, and that's, that's really what a lot of athletes should be paying attention to. You know, one of these seven things I think athletes should really start focusing on because it is unfortunate that a lot of athletes don't reach their potential simply because they were misguided on their starting point or they had a poor perception of what their starting point was and what they need to do to get out of their starting point. You know, um, they're trying to drive to Toronto from London, England. Sorry, it's just, you could try. It's just gonna be a quick drop right down to the bottom of the ocean. Um, and unfortunately that's what it's like for a lot of athletes. And I think that's one thing that absolutely needs to be addressed and needs to be changed. Um, and I think that's pretty much it for today. I, I'm really excited to talk about our, our, to get to our last segment, uh, next week and eventually start getting on to other discussions and other topics and start really turning this into a research-based um, podcast where I start helping individuals really understand the new and developing topics and looking at the research and understanding why we do certain things and why and what strategies are really important and really helpful in, in training. Uh, until then, have yourselves a great day. Uh, stay healthy, stay safe in these weird times. Uh, it's going to be really weird if someone listens to this in like three years and goes like, what weird times? And it's going to be like COVID times. Um, but uh, take care and keep building that foundation. Bye.